Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back, or welcome to another episode of Warden's Wisdom. I'm your host, Jimmy Warden. On today's episode, I'm just going to talk to you about some of the things that I've learned through my years of meditation. Uh, I've been practicing for a few years now. I'll get into a little bit more detail as the show goes on, but just some really interesting anecdotes that I felt like were relevant to not only just my personal life, but perhaps your personal life too, and maybe it'll just be the nudge you need to give meditation a try. Uh, so if you're interested in listening to some of those anecdotes, and if you've been pondering whether or not you want to start practicing meditation in your daily life, uh, then right after this little bit of interlude from our sponsors, we'll get right into it. So I've been practicing meditation for a little over, oh, what is it? I guess four years now uh, with a great amount of consistency. Uh, there really haven't been many days within that time frame where I have missed a day of meditation. There have been a handful, but not not many at all. Now, the reason why I even started meditating in the first place was that I wanted to become more present in life. Um, and I wanted to have a little bit more control over my thoughts, actions, and emotional regulation. I wanted to be able to enjoy the beauty of the present moment and be able to adjust my actions in the present if it presented itself as an adverse experience. And not only that, but being able to do so in a calm, collected manner rather than a reactionary, emotional manner. Um, you know, before I started meditating, I had learned of its benefits through podcasts and informative articles from studies that had been conducted. Um, you know, some of the benefits include lower levels of stress, increased focus and productivity, uh, heightened awareness of appreciation and, uh, excuse me, heightened awareness and appreciation of gratitude and other positive emotions. Uh, you know, and not only that, but just through my practice and something I'll get into momentarily, but also just a heightened awareness of emotion in general. Uh, and as a result of practicing over the past several years, I have learned that we are not our thoughts, we are not our emotions, and that the mind can be quieted. And people are often skeptical or even afraid to meditate because they feel like they can't stop their thoughts. And before we get into um, you know, some of the other things that I've learned and some of the techniques that I've learned and how they've helped me, I want to clarify that skepticism um, and that misconception too, by the way. It's a common misconception of the purpose of meditation. It's true purpose, meditation that is, is to create a heightened awareness of thought recognition. That way we can act more frequently in alignment with our moral values rather than acting through our midbrain emotional impulses. Um, you know, in the mind, the mind thinks. That's what the mind does. There are moments where we might be at peace, where we don't really have too many thoughts or any thoughts floating around at all, but those moments come few and far between. There is there is um, very few times in our days or in our lives where the mind is completely silent. And, that's, and again, that's not necessarily the goal of meditation, either. Um, you know, it's more about trying to quiet the mind a bit and really just being able to recognize when it's perhaps activated a little bit more than we need it to be. Now, 
another way you know we can we can think about meditation is just again going back to that recognition of thoughts and that and that awareness you know we all have and going bringing it back to the the values piece of it is that we all have certain values but these values often get thrown to the side as thoughts begin to flood our mind these thoughts are often attached to cravings impulses and other ways of obtaining instant gratification for whatever discomfort or emotional dysregulation that we might be experiencing in the present moment. And this is why the practice of noting or noting, N-O-T-I-N-G, in meditation is important for us to understand. That way we can apply it in our lives. Now, jumping into what that is, uh, noting can be described as the awareness or recognition of our conscious thoughts. Again, our brains have a tendency to jump from thought to thought, uh, and those thoughts are often connected through complexes, and complexes are connections that are made in our brain through our experience. Um, you know, for I'll use a personal example. Um, you know, a complex that I have is in regards to my self-worth. Now, when, when people question my actions, I often revert to an idea that I am unworthy or inferior. And that idea of unworthiness or inferiorness, if that's even a word, <laughs> that's actually rooted deeply in my desire to please people. So there's that connection of being a people pleaser, hence why I feel unworthy or like I let people down when they question something I did. So that's just a small connection and, and you know, I could even go a little bit deeper um, you know, in my own introspection to really kind of even dig at, at what, you know, why am I such a people pleaser? What, what is connected to that? Um, you know, but since I begin, began meditating, uh, meditating, <clears throat> I've practiced noting in my meditation because it requires you to be in a in a quiet place with nothing but your thoughts and your surroundings. And that's one of the practices and one of the techniques that I've been exposed to and that I've learned. Now, when thoughts arise in our meditation, recognizing that we're having a thought is the act of noting. And a way that I've been taught through my meditation teacher is using phrases, you know, using specific phrases to try to catch your thoughts. So that way you don't go down the path of your complexes or if you, or you don't necessarily go down a path of perpetuating on a singular thought. So some of the phrases that I use to catch my thoughts is when I'm in, when I have that recognition. And by the way, it's, 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 it's not, it's not going to be uh, very easy to, to catch your thoughts right away. You know, it's not like a, a quick analogy. It's not like a video game of whack-a-mole where a thought pops up and you just smash it down by, by recognizing it or, you know, using a phrase. It's, it's, a lot harder than that because we don't always catch all of the moles when we play that game and therefore we're not going to catch all of our thoughts either that's just not realistic so getting back to the phrases that i use you know i i pause by you just saying oh thinking or i just say oh there's a thought you know and, I, and again i don't attempt to do this for every thought that pops up because that just gets exhausting and it's not realistic that i'll be able to do that for every thought 
uh, but it's best to use it when we realize that our mind is drifting into a thought pattern, uh, specifically into those complexes, um, you know, rather than amidst our meditation, focusing on our breath or the weight of our body or the sounds in our environment. And focusing on the breath or the weight of the body or the sounds in the environment is called is another strategy called focused attention, uh, which actually goes hand in hand with noting because without focused attention, noting cannot take place. Now, the reason why this act of noting is so important is because it allows us to take more control of our thoughts and not even necessarily control, I guess, is the right word. I guess management would be a better way to describe it, where we're able to manage our thoughts in a more healthy manner. That way we don't become our thoughts or we don't manifest certain aspects of our thoughts. It allows our conscious mind to take control because we've learned how to recognize those thoughts and pause for a moment to recognize what the thought is and what it what we might be thinking or doing as a result of the thinking. And this heightened recognition allows us to make better choices that are more conscious and brought about by thought versus impulse. And this can be a breakthrough for most people uh, just because we are all creatures of impulse, myself included. And we have a tendency to resort to these impulsive actions because they usually allow us to meet our needs through instant gratification rather than saying no to the impulse and acting in a way that aligns with our values. Now, I have a quick scenario for, for you to think about. That way we can kind of see what it might look like or sound like in real life. Now, have you ever said to yourself that you're going to make a change and that change requires different action than your usual impulse or your usual habit that immediately meets a certain need? Well, despite making the claim, you still revert back to that old habit or impulse. That's due to a lack of awareness in your thought, which leads to acting in those old manners. However, this can be minimized through practicing meditation and specifically the practice of noting. Engaging in noting on a daily basis can also help us regulate our emotions more appropriately so that we can understand that we are not our thoughts or our emotions. And as we start discussing emotion in the next parts here, it's important to understand that our behavior and actions serve as emotional regulation. That's why we cry or we have a lump in our throat or stomach when we're sad. It's why we clench our fists or yell when we're angry. We get tingling sensations or smile when we're happy or full of joy and why we sweat, uh, feel nervous or have an increased heart rate when we're anxious or, or feel nervous. Uh, these actions and behaviors serve as ways to regulate our emotions and try to bring us to an equilibrium, or at least bring an awareness to what we're feeling um, at the time. And these behaviors are also directly tied into our thoughts, and this is how behavior is connected to the concept of noting. After practicing noting through meditation, we can use this practice to help create an awareness of how we are projecting our emotions. Have you ever done some of the things that I mentioned previously but failed to realize you were doing it until it was too late? You know, for example, trying to do that new that new habit, trying to build a new habit or do something different from your usual MO, but then you get caught up in your old habit, but then you don't realize that until after the habit is completed or you're amidst the old habit. And I know I have, which is another reason why I really started engaging in meditation a few years ago. And my biggest 
reason why was I didn't want to react from emotional impulse anymore. I wanted to try to be proactive in how I approached situations because in the past, far too often, I've let anger and frustration get the best of me. And that has affected some of my past relationships with people. Uh, it's affected some of the past relationships uh, just with myself uh, and the things that I do and just my my sense of value um, my own self-value and, and the way I see myself. So if we have an awareness of when we're beginning to experience emotions, we can act more appropriately and consciously in order to be the person that we need to be to make the best out of the situation that is presented to us. Being able to apply this in our lives allows us to create a connection to the present moment and be in a little bit of a flow state where nothing else matters except for the task in front of us and it can help us quiet our mind and now another term you know flow state can be can be thought of as total immersion focus and joy within an activity that we are engaged in another way of thinking of it is like being in the zone uh, you know that feeling where your attention is on one thing and that one thing only that feeling when we're focused on performing an activity, but we aren't emotionally attached to the outcome. We're rather focused on just the step we're taking at that very moment. This way of being allows us to quiet our mind because our attention on our activity is very soft considering our only focus is what we're doing. We aren't worried about what could go wrong. We are not judging ourselves for not doing the activity the right way. Instead, we're just focused on being whatever we need to be in that moment and in those subsequent moments in order to be our best. And this way of being allows us to be in more control of our emotional responses because once we realize our emotions are too high or too low, we can try to find that soft spot back in the middle where our attention is focused solely on the task at hand. Oftentimes this allows us to manifest our ideal reality because we're just focused on being versus all of the other interference that can come with performance and the doing. Now, transitioning a little bit here to the idea of knowing uh, that we're not our thoughts. Now, knowing we are not our thoughts and knowing that we are not our emotions and knowing that the mind can be quieted are just a few things that I've learned thus far. Noting can help us create a higher level of awareness of our thoughts and emotions so that we don't project those impulsive thoughts and feelings into the world. Whereas, you know, when we, when we believe that we are our thoughts, you know, we have that belief in them we project it and we follow through with our actions. Uh, but if we can continue to practice, you know, it's the same thing with our emotions. We, if we feel like we are angry, you know, rather than we're feeling angry, we're more likely to project that anger. You know, so noting helps us create a higher level of awareness of our thoughts and emotions so that we don't project those impulsive thoughts and feelings into the world around us because knowing that we aren't the thought or the emotion, we just might be experiencing them will help us then realize that we are separated from them. And this separation helps create a flow state more frequently, which really helps us quiet our mind and focus on the present moment so that we can behave in a more conscious manner rather than in an impulsive or habituated manner. And this can only happen when we apply these practices that can be found in meditation. So the last piece I'll leave you with is uh, if you're interested in giving meditation a try, I would recommend using guided meditation apps first, uh, such as Headspace or Calm, 
um, I prefer Headspace uh, and I actually have a subscription which I can share with people who are interested in starting their own practice um, if you wanted to start out there. You can also find some more guided meditation options on YouTube uh, and if you're feeling really ambitious just go find a quiet space in your home or in nature and try to just take some deep breaths and keep a soft focus on your breath to start. As your mind wanders, because it will, just notice when it does and try to bring that soft focus back to the breath or the feeling of your weight on the ground or the chair beneath you and just trying to stay in that present moment. And start with putting a timer on, you know, see how long you can maintain that focus and then just slowly build your meditation stamina from there. And the more that you can continue to practice that, the more the gift of presence will be with you. So thank you for listening to this episode, What I've Learned Through Meditation. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to do that. I uh, hope you have some practical takeaways, some, some things that you can start to apply in your life as a result of listening to this podcast. Um, and if you have some ideas that really resonated with you, please feel free to share it with other people that it might also resonate with. Uh, the best way to support the podcast is to continue to listen, continue to follow us uh, on our journey, and subscribe to us on either Apple or Spotify podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, so thanks again for tuning in and looking forward to having you listen next time.